Hey everyone, this is Gris Alves. Welcome to Tales of Recovery. This is going to be a fun episode about compassionate action because we have been robbed. And I've been thinking about this lately. We have been robbed of our magic, of our voice, of our roots, of something that we've known all along just because, you know, for me, I'll speak for me, you know, growing up in Mexico or at the border with a Mexican family, you have certain things that you have to believe, that you have to do, that you have to also not do in order to fit in, right? Because what will they say if you don't fit in and do what your parents tell you, what the church tells you, what society tells you, which to be honest, I never really did. And um, I've always had a lot of spiritual questions, right? Since I was really, really little, I remember just thinking, I don't really know about this church bullshit. I just don't think, I mean, it's so mystical, but it's so restrictive. Never um, 100% made sense. But, you know, the programming is so deep, it's so deep that you just, okay, well, you do kind of do what your parents say, but also then you hide, you hide things that you're doing, like, you know, going into communion before you do your first communion or having a drink here without your parents seeing or going out with some friends that are a little bit more edgy than who you're supposed to hang with. But the main thing that I feel like I've been robbed of is a spiritual magic, like the priestess um, presence that I felt around me all my life that always was like, wait a minute, you're crazy. Don't be talking about that. You know, you're lighting up your sage, you're going to meditation, you're just, you know, one of those crazy ones. And coming into it now, it's so powerful. Like when I teach a, a mindfulness movement class or a yoga class, when we have our women's sacred circles, it's so interesting to see like, wow, like what is it that happens when all these women get together and we breathe together and we just allow the magic of life and nature and whatever we want to come upon us and to use our body as a conduit for this connection with the divine that really has no rules, no dogma, simply just our own experience, right? I mean, um, life is your experience. Um, the human mind is an experience and it keeps building upon it and upon it and upon it and no matter what people tell you that the rules are or that the dogma is or whatever it's going to be your experience whatever you feel inside your body whatever you know that happened um, in a way that you connected to love and what happened to me, I remember when I was really struggling with like, what the hell is up with this church bullshit? I can't do this anymore. And talking about how we really need to just meditate and contemplate. And people would say to me, well, if you meditate, it needs to be a safe meditation with God. I'm like, what do you mean safe meditation? What are you talking about? Like some demon's going to come into your mind and steal your mind when you're quietly thinking about love and you know, centering your prayer in an intention. That's just, it was just so ridiculous to me. But honestly, you know, some people feel like this. And I think this is part of the problem and the, 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 the reason why we get robbed. We get robbed of our magic because we get all these thoughts and all these fears put in us to control us, to shut us down, to keep us quiet and um, 
you know, performing politely in order to not rock the boat. And that's just not evolution. You know, evolution does not rest. And all of these religious stuff and years and years of history has been, have been telling us, you know, that, you know, the woman, um, the woman's body is dangerous and it's evil and that, you know, your sexuality needs to be, you know, brought down and otherwise you're one of those. And honestly, I think sexuality, spirituality, and creativity together is an integrated form of the divine that I can now finally sort of be stepping into a freedom about it. I mean, I've known this all along, but you know, I come in and out of my journey here and as a human being, um, being like super free and kind of rebel as a child. And then the teenagers music and amazing years of just, you know, traveling and music and doing whatever I wanted and then kind of pulling it back a little because I overdid it, but also being very, very, very much into meditation and a connection with, with nature and the divine. I remember, you know, I remember sitting in front of the ocean, just breathing in and out, you know, doing the 11th step, which is we saw through prayer and meditation to get a closer connection with our higher power, whatever you want to call God or nature or whatever, and thinking, oh my God, I'm like part of the ocean. That's really, that's kind of crazy, but I do feel like I'm part of the ocean. And uh, my neighbor who had been in the program for years was like, no, that's not weird. That's just, we are part of the ocean. Um, But then I would go home and tell this to my parents or family and they'd just be like, oh, okay, well, there goes the crazy one. And my family isn't like 100% like, oh, the aristocrats, but a little bit maybe wannabe, yes. And so we were taught, I was taught, that being dark, that being a native was kind of not of a good thing. And that the whiter you were, that was the better thing. And I think right now, like, that's such major bullshit because I always, like, it just was so embarrassing for me to have people say that. I mean, my grandmother, great-grandmother, would pull up my mom in front of everybody and say, come here, child, when we were at the beach, lift up the bathing suit and show her, look, she's tan. That's not her actual color. Her color is whiter, as if being dark was a bad thing. And, um, you know, this beautiful, amazing woman that came to my house to help my mom raise us, Irene, was a beautiful darker color and she really was like my mother she is my mother she's my spiritual mother I mean she was a sent to me because because somebody out there knew I needed her and because we were breaking these chains of having been robbed for so long I mean obviously all this ancestor work and understanding that you know I understand I'm not mad at my mom and my grandma and all those other women because guess what dude they were robbed too the oppression is deep, it goes back years and years and years, and it's not something to be, well, for me, I'll speak for me, super angry about, but more to create a redemption about it, like understanding where it comes from, um, and really embracing this rebellion and this knowledge that we can take this back, right? This is a recovery of what has been robbed. For me, the one thing I know is, number one, it's never too late to have a happy childhood. And number two, I am not my mother. I am not my father. I am not my grandma. I came, you know, those are my ancestors. Yes, those are my parents, love and all of that. But a soul 
can come and have your own thoughts and your own life and your own emotions and your own choices of recovering that that has been robbed. I mean, what has been your perception about this if you have or have not healed from this? Because um, it's not something that you just make a decision and you're like, oh yeah, that's a bunch of bullshit. Because yes, you can say that, but the deep subconscious level of, oh my God, I am still an ungrateful child or oh my gosh, my parents are never going to approve. I mean, I have friends and some family members that are in their 30s and 40s. They cannot tell their Mexican parents who they're dating because they're scared that the parents are going to be like, well, he's not white and rich or he's not, you know, certain this or that degree or he's a different religion. I mean, for the love, you're in your freaking 40s. Can you get over this shit? I mean, I, I ran into this African proverb that says, the child that is not embraced by the village will burn it down to feel its warmth. So we need to be careful about passing on these um, imposing beliefs and these high, high, high expectation standards to our children. And the thing is that even though we might be like, I'm not going to go to church anymore. I'm not going to listen to my parents. I'm not going to do this. I am not going to be, I'm going to take back what was robbed of me, which was my magic. I'm going to do my sacred circles. I will light the sage and Palo Santo. I will do my altars as I want to pray. I'll go out into the earth and learn all these new other beautiful wisdom teachings from the natives and from people way, way, way beyond and way before Christianity came and took over as a government. Because, you know, I think Jesus was a badass. He's amazing. But he, you know, I don't think he intended for this to become a government of oppressive systems to shut people down and to make them work and to have you pay in order to, whatever, have your sins forgiven and go to hell or heaven. <laughs> Probably hell, yes. So in a beautiful sort of way of many, many years of working in this in myself, I can now just be grateful and free to a degree because every day I have to work at this. I mean, every day is like two days of freedom and one day of, well, is this like, is this too much? You know, am I the hippie? Am I going to be like, and then I just remember, I remember what I've known all along. It doesn't freaking matter what people tell you. In the end, you're going to be in your little bed dying all by yourself. And it's a process like having a baby. You can have everybody around and the doctors and your parents or whoever your husband is going to be there. Oh, amazing. But guess what? Or your partner. When that child is born, it's you giving birth. And so when you're going to die, it's you giving birth to whatever's next. And so the point is that living a life just holding on to these other people's um, chains and holding you back from speaking and from different ways of exploring your sacredness and your spirituality just because they want to rob you of your birthright is downright freaking insane. And I'm really, I'm trying not to be angry about it. I'm trying to just go like compassionate action. But honestly, it fucking pisses me off because a lot of, a lot of women come and they're, you know, a lot of people I talk to, they're they have their careers and they're like doing the right thing or, or they're married and have the kids and there's this dissatisfaction because 
you know, well, my mom thinks that I should have had another kid or my parents think that this job and I'm not having this. Why are you freaking living for what your parents think? And why are you scared to tell them that you'd rather do something else? Or why, what holds you back from going inwards? And really, because it doesn't always have to be the parents. I mean, it could be society, culture, whatever, that has robbed you of your own integration and discovery of what is happening on inside of you in your spirit. I think all of these questions that we have about, well, this religion or that religion or that ritual or this one, it's just because we're so teeny-weeny and we have no idea how to make sense of things in this humongous universe. You know, my mom, when we were little, would take us to um, the Church of Scientology. She was doing the Dianetic thing, so we would go with her, and then my dad would come and take us out of there and say, this isn't Catholic, and then we'd go to the Catholic Church, and then we'd go back and forth. And I was talking to my mom recently about that, and, you know, everyone always gave her such a hard time about that. And, um, you know, her brother and sister were in it too for a little bit, and it was like, how could you, how dare you go to that? But here we are believing the stupid stuff from the Catholic Church as well. Like, that's okay to believe, but not, you know, this whatever they believe in Scientology. And I was asking my mom, who's had a stroke and who we just have these really deep conversations lately that I don't think we would have had if it hadn't been for the stroke. But I told her, you know why you think you went there, Ma? Because of the same reason that I fell and drank the Kool-Aid with lame Christian church. Because we're seeking answers of why or what are we doing here, right? We're just seeking, and then that ends, and then you go on another journey, and then that's not enough, and then you keep on in this journey, and you're constantly like reading certain things, meeting different people, going inward, breathing. Um, well, whatever information is out there, hopefully in a, in a healthy way, in an informed way, and there's just so much information nowadays that you can just grab onto, but I think we've just been robbed of our inner wisdom of sitting in silence and remembering that we are like a seed that came, you know, from the earth. Like, what do we think we are not like an animal or not like a plant? And in the end, for me, that's what's given me the most, what do I say, like... Um, Gratitude, you know, picking vegetables from my garden, going to the farmer's market, creating a beautiful meal from food that comes from the earth where we were born, and then having that with a lot of other of my friends and sharing the meal and talking and laughing amongst others. And that's, that's the magic, you know, that's the magic without having to say a specific prayer or or believing a specific dogma, or not including you because you believe this or you believe that, or being worried about, oh, what are they going to say about her? What are they going to say? She's going to go to hell if she doesn't pray. Just being in the present moment, standing in the sand, standing in the dirt, realizing that we are part of this earth, and this is, this is it. Mother Earth, the Holy Mother, like all these gods that we've made up, um, in the end, does it really matter who's right or who's wrong as long as we are producing in ourselves a connection 
through our breath, through our movement, through working in the earth, through trying to um, get back what has been robbed, which is really just the simplicity of what a human being a human is. Connection with another human. Breathing to realize that we're alive and that we can calm our nervous system with this breath and that the body is the portal to the connection of the divine and that I can have conversations with you no matter what religion you are and just not judge and just notice and that I can now look at my mom as a, as a friend or my grandmother as this other chick who just had it so bad and were so oppressed that that's why they were, you know, a little bit angry and <laughs> neurotic and giving everybody a hard time and trying to keep everything clean and screaming. And and notice when I do that too, because I'm not going to say that it doesn't, you know, take some effort to notice when I'm just, oh, holding on to some traumatic memory of anger or grief about something that was robbed. So it's a work in progress for sure. Um, but I really like to know that spiritual questions are not taboo. You can ask whatever you want to ask. You can reach out for help. You can doubt and, you know, go travel and, and go inwards and ask lots of different people what their experience has been. But in the end, the only experience that we're going to have is our own. Um, so I just really want to express that it's okay to feel like you've been robbed because we have been robbed and the other people were robbed and everybody else was robbed. And so how do you get that back is the question, right? You sit in silence, you journal, you ask questions, but you go inwards. Try yoga. Oh my gosh, for the love. It's so good. And it, you don't have to go to the super hard athletic yoga. You, there's lots of different ways to move breath to movement to get back into the body and then to realize that the questions aren't even that important, really. It's more like um, calming your nervous systems and noticing that you're alive. That's it. We're going to die. So you're alive. You can have pleasure. You can have, you know, you can love people. You can be a beneficial presence in this world by coming into the body and freeing up all this bullshit that you were programmed to believe. And the, you know, the main one is to not talk bad to yourself because there's so much guilt and shame and all of this baloney that comes with, um, you know, not just with the religion, but with being a woman and being a Mexican woman and um, being ungrateful and not having, you know, be serving everybody else. Um, people can get up and get their own stuff. You know, we want to help, we want to serve, but you're not the freaking rescuer. You got to rescue yourself first, compassionate action for you first. And then it's time to go out and be like, you know, <laughs> the freaking Robin Hood, right? Get it back, get it back, get it back, and then share it. You can ask questions, you can say no, you can, you know, remember, oh, I am not my mother. I am not my father. I am Greece. I am whoever your name is. And then from there, start stepping into your own life and owning it. Taking responsibility for, you know, whoever you've been blaming and then turning it back to you. 
and doing the work, going to the therapy session, going to the circles and sharing, going to meetings if you need to go to meetings, reaching out, and then uh, growing. Oh, the opportunities to grow and nowadays, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they've always been. It's just now I'm, I'm finally just realizing that it's, that it's just, um, that it's cool to have a voice and not really give a shit, you know? So plant a little plant or a lot of them, help the planet and help yourself to take some of that stuff that was robbed back. And uh, peace out. Love and light. We'll see you next time.